Threadar, get over here! Lucy shouted. The little robot hovered over, looking as apologetic as a little floating orb can. Threadar's blue eyes looked up at her. What have you been doing with my ship controls? Er, well, <laughs> never these. He hovered in the air, as if that was supposed to help Lucy know what he meant. You know? And they just pew pew blam! His eyes got really big as he made the onomatopias. So that's what happened. He looked hopeful. Threadar was a small orb, a little bigger than a large tennis ball. He was all white, except two blue dots that were his eyes. He hovered around and was half adorable, half insufferably annoying. Lucy raised her eyebrows. Threadar, she started, but he interrupted. Aliens, Lucy, aliens! They were all clawy and bitey and Threadar. Threadar looked guilty. No other word can describe the way he looked at that exact moment in time. There was a big button, he mumbled, so softly that Lucy had to lean closer to hear him. Her hand went to her forehead in a fraction of a second. Did it happen to be the big settings button? She asked him. It was blinking, okay? I had to push it! Big blue blinky button! How could I resist? Wait, what? Blue? Well, yeah. Why? Oh, no. Was that not the settings button? No threat are. That wasn't the settings button. What button was it? Lucy looked at Threadar hard. Threadar cowered. Lucy smiled a smile of venom. That, Threadar, was the beacon button. His eyes widened. But, but we're in the middle of enemy territory. Yes, Threadar, we are, aren't we? Her smile could make a Len rat shrink back in fear. And the Tyrians are near. Is that so? I had no idea, Lucy said, feigning surprise. And I just pressed the beacon button? You just about summed it up. That's not good. Nope, it's not, she said, and shoved the robot aside, pushing towards the controls. She took the ship off of float mode and looked down at the radar. The leading Turian ship was just starting to turn. They had noticed. We gotta go now, Lucy said, and started turning on the engine. Lucy, don't use the regular engine. They'll... She turned on the engine. N Notice. Threadar finished. Relax. We can outrun them any day. Can we? Threadar asked. Yes, Lucy cried, whipping around. She glared at Threadar and turned back. Her eyes widened. Tree and ships. She looked down at her radar. They were surrounded. One of the ships started approaching. Lucy put her hand over the fire button, but heard a squeaky voice behind her. Don't! Threadar told her. We might have been able to outrun them, but we can't outgun them. Lucy lifted her hand. He was right. She slammed her hand on the dashboard. Why'd you get us into this mess? She yelled at Threadar. He was looking behind her. She turned around. The ship that had been approaching was right in front now. We are boarding your ship, they heard on the speakers. Any resistance and we fire. Lucy was preparing an angry reply, but a glance from Threadar brought her back to reality. 
Fine, she told him, then turned to face him. But if this goes wrong, if we are thrown in prison, then I'll have received punishment enough? The back of the ship shuddered. That'll be them talking, Lucy thought. There was a hiss. Opening our doors. And then boots, marching down the hallway. Someone stepped through the door. He was tall, unlike most Koreans. He had a blue uniform on and wore the arc that labeled him general. We received a Galanian distress call emanating from this ship, he said. What? How? We're Patricians, Lucy said, trying to remember any of Cheria's trading partners. The captain took one glance at the cowering form of Threadar and shook his head. No, I know what you are. You're the Viper. What? Lucy knew her Cherean nickname, of course. It was well known. You never wanted to be caught by the Viper. She had been ambushing Cherean ships for about the last centon, about the same amount of time as half a year. Her revealing that she knew it would be stupid. The captain leaned in toward her, glaring. Don't play dumb with me. Where else could that distress signal have come from? We stopped trade with the patricians three months ago. No ships have come in or out since. I really thought the Viper would know more about their opponent. Lucy slumped over, defeated. All right, let's just assume I'm the Viper. The captain smiled a little. What would you do with me if I were? This time, the captain grinned. Let's use a metaphor. Do you know the one natural enemy of the Turian Viper? Lucy nodded curtly. The Turian Lenrat. That's right, said the captain softly. Do you know how it hunts the Viper? Lucy sighed. It uses its tail to inject venom into the Viper. It makes it hard for it to breathe, then squeezes its neck, making it incapable of getting air. You're a smart one. Now, what would you do if I told you that I'm not using a metaphor? I'm the Lenrat, and you, he stared her in the eyes, are the Viper. He said the last word with such malice that Lucy almost passed out. He turned. Load her on the ship, he said. We're leaving. Oh, and take the robot, too. Wait, what? cried Threadar before being stuffed into a bag. Lucy glared at the captain as he walked out the entryway, and kept glaring while she was cuffed. The cuffs were white with orange lights on them. Lucy was put into the captain's ship, and it flew down into the Cherian atmosphere. It flew down and was about to land in a city. The city was massive, and seen from the tiny window that Lucy was placed next to, it looked like a town of giants. The ship landed, and Lucy jumped up and kicked the feet out from under the guards. She ran out into the ship's corridors, hoping she didn't meet any more, as her hands were still cuffed. She ran down one, looking for any floating orbs. There! A canvas sack! She scooped it up. Yes, it had no weight at all, but still had a bulge. Threadar had no weight at all, he hovered, but still had mass. She ran as fast as she could, opened the first door she found, and ran in. She opened the bag, very difficult when handcuffed, and dumped Threadar out. Threadar, get these off me, she told him. He looked confused. With your laser, hack it, his face cleared. Oh, right, I was so confused, like, hack them! Oh, right, sorry, he said, and focused his laser on a certain point on them. After about a minute, they heard footsteps. Threadar, stop, Lucy whispered. He did. I just don't understand, 
Why is the Viper attacking Sharia? What have we done? I don't know, but if the attacks don't stop soon, our planet is going to starve. We haven't gotten a new shipment of food for months. The footsteps passed. Okay, Threader, keep going, Lucy said, then thought about what they had said. The first part confused her. But if they were running out of food, her mission was almost complete. The cuffs came off. Yes! Come on, Threader, let's get out of here! They ran, or in Threader's case, floated. They tried about three corridors before they found the door. Quick, Threader, hack the lock! What? Listen, I didn't give you that laser for nothing! Oh, right, he said, and Lucy smacked her forehead. Threader's beam focused on the door handle. A few seconds afterward, an orange light popped out of the ceiling, along with the speaker. The Viper's cell is empty! The Viper's cell is empty! The speaker blared. Hurry, Threadar, Lucy said. I'm going as fast as I can. Get the Viper, yelled the speaker. The door swung open and they bolted. They were on a launch pad. They ran past it onto the streets of Cheria. Unlike most planets, Cheria didn't have hovering cities. All theirs were on the ground. Once they got to the city, they went down as many different twists and turns as possible to confuse the captain. The people walking around didn't notice them. They were all looking at the ground. One child was holding a quarter of a shred fruit and crying. They all appeared hungry. What's going on here? They're starving, genius. You're the one who stopped their food. You should know. Oh, right. You must be ecstatic. Your mission is succeeding. Well, well, what if... Yes, what if what? What I mean to say is, are we doing the right thing? What's the definition of right thing? It's a matter of perspective, really. You're doing it for your country, so from your perspective, yes. They're starving, so from their perspective, threat are. A little girl walked up to Lucy and held up an empty hand in a pleading gesture. Oh, I'm so sorry. I have no food, she told her. The girl frowned and walked away. Threat are, this isn't right. Just because it's my country's will doesn't mean it's mine. We have to put an end to this. Oh, um, what? So, how do we do it? You don't have to do anything to do it. You were the one bringing down the supply ships, and if you aren't bringing them down anymore, that's not good enough. Some of these people will die before supplies get to them. We have to do something now. What? How? Lucy opened her mouth to speak, then closed it. She sighed. I don't know. Get off of here and bring food? That'll be real hard with the entire army looking for you. Well, I'll tell them I've had a change of heart. Uh-huh. Tell me, if a guy with a laser gun chased you around for a centon or two, would you believe them if they told you they'd had a change of heart? Lucy sighed. No. Okay, but we have to do something. She stopped. She heard something. A low humming. Getting louder. Louder. Suddenly, three sleek colored ships flew overhead, streaking like arrows. A blue and a yellow one were right behind them. Space races! Lucy shouted. Yeah, Threader said. What about them? They're our way to get food to these people. I'm not sure I follow. We just get one of those, pretend to be racers, and take off. Hang on, why don't they get food? They can do it now that you're down. A loud voice sounded in the streets. Airspace closed. The airspace is closed. Racers, 
Do not go out of the atmosphere. The Viper is free. That'll be your reason, Lucy told him. So what do you say? Should we become racers? Threadar considered it. Yeah, okay. They searched everywhere for a shop that sold racer suits, but to no avail. Finally, they asked a man passing by. Oh, just down the street there, he told them. I don't recognize you. Are you from here? Err, no. We're from the mines. We recently got switched to an above job. Oh, I see. Have a good day. The man walked off. He looked hungry, but he was still happy. Interesting. They walked down the street to the shop the man had pointed at. Thank goodness Teria is a planet that uses credits, Threader whispered in Lucy's ears. Otherwise, we'd be about as useful as a pile of Lenrat dung. Shh, she told him and opened the door. Good afternoon, what are you looking for? asked the man behind the counter. He also looked hungry, but there was a grin on his face. How did so many people manage it? All except the children, Lucy reminded herself. I'm looking for a racing suit, she told him. Really? That's a dangerous sport, miss. You may not survive one of those races. I think I'll take my chances, Lucy said, thinking overtime for a lie. I love the thrill of speed. The shopkeeper chuckled and brought a rack of clothes out. All right, what color do you want? Green, please. The shopkeeper handed her the suit. She paid the credits and went outside. Now we need a ship. Ooh, that's gonna be pricey. It's worth it. Okay, best way to find a ship is to go over to the stadium. Where could that be? In the end, they decided to follow the ships to find the stadium. They followed the path the ships were following, and just as they expected, reached the stadium. Over there, a ship shop, said Threadar. Ooh, that's fun. Ship shop, ship shop, ship shop, ship shop, ship shop, ship shop. Stop that, Lucy scolded. They were about to walk into the shop when Threadar stopped Lucy. Wait, you don't look like a racer yet. Get your suit on first. Lucy went into one of the racer's suit rooms and put on the suit, then walked out and went into the shop. Better, Threadar told her. What can I get for you? Ha, oh, just kidding, said the manager. Okay, green ship, extra glitter, he said, eyeing the suit. Lucy looked down. Oh, I did have glitter. Oh, well. And what kind of engine do you want? Electric. You got it, he said, and brought them to the shipyard. Here's a glitter green ship. I just need to put an electric engine in, and you can join the races. As soon as you get registered, of course. What? I need to get registered? Yup, you must be a newbie. Well, you are in my shipyard, so I guess it's to be expected. Where do I get registered? Building next to mine. Alright, thanks. When can I pick up the ship? Not so fast. I take credits beforehand. Lucy gave him the credits while Threader winced. All right, you can pick it up a little before the evening race. Thanks. They walked over to the registration building. It took some quick talking on Threader's part, but they got through the process, then walked out about an hour before the evening race. How'd you know when the race is? Lucy asked him. That sign, he said, floating in the direction of a bright banner. They picked up the ship and Lucy climbed in. She flew it to the stadium and turned in her slip that allowed her to fly. Racers, line up, she heard. Come on, Threadar, Lucy said. Threadar hopped into the ship, and Lucy flew it to the line. Let's do this, she muttered. From the stands, they heard a voice announce. And a new racer, Lily Nell, flies her sleek ship up to the line, shouted the voice. 
Seriously, Threadar, couldn't you have come up with a better name? I had to think of something that sounded like Lucy Knoll thanks to your mouth, he protested. Whatever. Three, two, one, go, shouted the voice. Lucy took off. She dodged around the other racers easily. This is way easier than flying my old ship, she said. About halfway through the course, she was in first place. Three-fourths in, she couldn't even see the other players. She was actively searching for a way to get lost without being noticed. She saw an alleyway and dodged into it. She bolted into the sky. And Ren is first! Strange, Lily was in the lead most of the race. Say, where is Lily? Lucy shot into the sky and out of the atmosphere. No one would notice a rogue racer. She flew as fast as she could. Threadar, where's the nearest planet? Three light minutes away, over there, he said, hovering towards the planet. Thanks. Lucy flew straight to the planet and jumped out. Threadar? Lucy asked. Yes? Is this planet populated? Yes. Then where is everyone? Suddenly, people dropped out of the trees surrounding them. Why are you here? asked one, obviously the leader. The Tyrians need help. They're starving. Ah, oh, you come in peace. You should say that when you step out. Most people do. Anyway, about that, we cannot help. Every time we have tried, our ships have been boarded and destroyed by the Viper. Oh, curse that miserable pirate! Lucy winced. Er, I am the Viper? She told them. Guns were pointed at them from all sides. What? And you dare step onto our planet? I, I, I never realized what I was doing. I just saw them. They're miserable. I couldn't stand it. Please help. We'll see. She was led to a chamber filled with large, scaly creatures. Dragons? Threadar murmured. Oh, mighty one, hear this one's plea. Lucy was prodded in the side, obviously a sign to start talking. She looked up and looked straight into the eyes of a green dragon. <laughs> Hello, she said, her voice failing a little. I'm the one they call the Viper. The dragon glared. I I saw the people of Tria, and they are starving. I need to help them. Please, they need food. Please help me help them. The dragon blinked twice, then raised its huge head. She speaks the truth, it said. You shall help her with all she needs. The men looked astonished, but she was soon on her way back with a whole fleet of food-loaded ships. That went well, Threadar told her. Why, thank you. I like almost getting eaten by a dragon. Wow, to think I almost thought you were going to say something nice. You did? That's ridiculous. They arrived at Sharia at about midnight. Lucy landed her pod and all the others followed. Lucy put on her helmet and opened the door to her ship. The captain who had captured her walked up to her, smiling broadly. How did you do it? he asked. How did you get past the viper? Lucy asked, removing her helmet. All around, there were gasps, and one person ran up to her. Lily, why ever didn't you finish the race? Captain, what are you doing here? The one you call Lily is the Viper, he told him and continued. And she must be executed immediately. Wait, I came to help. The other ships opened, revealing the food. The citizens thronged forward, trying to get to the food. Lucy turned and watched their happy faces. Nonetheless, you got us into this. If it weren't for you, my people would never have had to starve. Yes, yes, I know. But I'm a vital asset to this war. I can help you win. What? How? 
I'm the Gallon and King's lead agent, she said simply. The captain stared. Really? Can you really free my people from this insufferable war? I can, Lucy said, smiling. Lucy left that morning, carrying a signed treaty back to her kingdom. After a good deal of debate, the king signed the treaty. Thank you, father, Lucy said. The king smiled. That was Metallic by Blitzen. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, give it a rating on Apple Podcasts. Thanks.